Welcome in hour number three on a Friday. Sun's out. Snow's done. Got about an inch at best. Eh, that's nothing. That's nothing. I got a uh, text this morning from a buddy of mine, uh, a friend of mine who lives down in Ohio, down in Cincinnati. And he's, he uh, showed me pictures of uh, last night. They had like bread and milk night, you know, where they were just going out of their minds. Bread, milk, toilet paper, all that kind of stuff. They got an inch and a half, two inches of snow today. <laughs> so they're out of their damn minds down there. Uh, they're t- telling people, stay at home. Don't go out. Schools are closed. It's cold. Oh, my goodness. So I'm like, here's a picture of my front yard. You can't even see the landscaping anymore. Like, it's just lumps, just big, giant lumps of stuff. So I said, feel my pain, man. Uh, that being said, we have got a feel-good football Friday as the Packers get ready to, well, the Packers are going to be winging their way to San Fran if they haven't already, uh, heading over there to get ready to take on the 49ers tomorrow night. And we are going to be in the Northwoods tomorrow night as well at the Loophole Bar and Grill. Mike Clement's going to be at Santa Clara we're going to be at the Loophole Bar uh, up to, uh, above Tomahawk tomorrow night, and uh, we're going to have everything covered for you. We're going to get your reaction, get your thoughts, get your emails, get your calls, all that kind of good stuff. And we are excited. Hopefully you are as well. Packers getting ready to take on the 49ers. So here, uh, here's a couple of things. First of all, I'm getting all these people that are asking me about this Dallas Cowboy cheerleader thing that was on OutKick. I don't care. I really don't. Uh, I don't know if it's real or not. And when you're not talking about something like that on a specific site of ilk, you kind of wonder. I mean, Outkick also had something on Taylor Swift in a in a Buffalo Bills jacket. You know, it, no, I, I no, I don't care. Uh, you know, the rumor is is that uh, the Packers, when they scored touchdowns, were rude or something like that. And I'm like, no, I I don't buy that. They were probably, you know, kind of saying bring it to the fans for fans that were booing them and MFing them and all that kind of stuff. But beyond that, no, I don't, I, I don't believe it. And I don't care if the Dallas Cowboy cheer, cheerleaders got their feelings hurt. So be it. Everybody in Dallas did. Every Cowboys fan did. That's the least of their worries. If you've got, if you got one of the girls going, I can't believe you said that to me. I, I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, so that I don't worry about. Then when we talk about keys, to a victory for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this was written a little while ago. Said the pack. By the way, the Packers. Seventy-eight point six percent of predictions say that San Francisco is going to win the game. So twenty-one point four percent says the Packers get the win, which is not terrible. It's kind of. I said about twenty-five percent of me says the Packers can pull this thing off, which isn't bad. The Packers can set quarterback uh, Jordan Love up. Uh, to target the third level of the 49ers defense, a unit that's played zone coverage on 66.4% of their opponent's dropbacks this season. Green Bay coach Matt LaFleur can scheme some concepts and to kind of lift the safeties, forcing them to extend the depth while also adding underneath bait to influence the linebackers. That creates the middle of the field reads for Love to maybe uh, hammer the ball down to the now vacated voids. And when throwing 15 or more yards downfield in between the numbers this season, Love is uh, a 94.4 QBR, and he's throwing almost for 130.6 in quarterback rating. I mean, it's crazy numbers. Uh, The 49ers gave up only 44 throws of 20 yards or more this season, which is tied for eighth best in the National Football League. And the tape is going to tell you that uh, you can use clear and replace concepts – 
to get those guys open. Uh, the Packers are going to have to hit the uh, in-breakers, as they call it, and create some big passing plays to beat San Francisco on Saturday night. Now, uh, kind of the, the X factor uh, could be, and they say uh, is the matchup advantages for defensive tackle Kenny Clark against the 49ers' interior offensive front. Clark has logged seven and a half sacks, 27 pressures this season. He has the ability to win the one-on-one matchups and find the open path to the quarterback to Brock Purdy off of inside stunts. And with his disruptive traits, he can create conflict for the 49ers. I also say this. The other guy to watch out for who's really come on hard in the last five or six games has been Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt is very quietly becoming a, a beast in the middle. So that's another guy to kind of look out for. Uh, the ends, you're going up against some of the best tackles in the league. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness. But um, their, their, their job is to set the edge. But the guys up the gut are going to be the guys that are going to need to win. Uh, the 49ers player whom the Packers have to stop, I said it's McCaffrey. They say it's Debo Samuel. Average 8.8 yards uh, after the catch per reception this season. Uh, and that led all wideouts. And uh, he, he's got a, incredible acceleration uh, as a ball carrier. He's got great, and I said this, look, on those, those jet sweeps, that guy gets loose. You can't have one guy bring him down. You have to kind of corral him because he's just that good. And includes screens, crossers, slants. Simply put, tackling fundamentals are going to be key for Green Bay. Uh, but the Packers defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, can also deploy his safeties as top-down defenders from quarters and, quote, robber alignments to limit Demo Samuel's numbers after the catch. So you're putting it upon the scheme that is Joe Barry. Here's the other – one of the callers earlier, and I didn't really get a chance to address this too deeply, said that Joe Barry's not calling the plays. This is not Joe Barry's defense. This is not what he's doing. This is not what he does. Somebody else is calling the defensive plays. The only other thing I can, I, I, I can say – is we know, you know, Rich Bisacci has got some defensive capability in him. Maybe they're collaborating. But nobody else is upstairs that you see working the mic with the, you know, placard, the play card in front of them, calling things. You don't see anybody else. So I assume it's Joe Barry. I don't know how much credit to be given to Joe for becoming innovative or maybe between the three, four-headed monster of defensive people coming up with game plan, but I I really – I think a bug was put in his rear end that said, if we're going to go down, we're going down swinging. So come up with the pressures, come up with the stunts, come up with the blitzes. Let's just start unleashing what we have. And I really believe that's what happened. I, I, I really firmly believe that. So that, when you start to look at uh, some of the matchups this weekend and uh, you say, how can the Packers win? That's kind of how the Packers can win, which is – the only difference is, is they're saying you got to shut down Debo Samuel. I'm saying you really got to slow the run game of Christian. You're not going to stop him, but if you can slow the run game of Christian McCaffrey and not allow him to hurt you, then you've got a legitimate shot at winning the game. That's it. Otherwise, if McCaffrey gets going, say he ends up with 134 yards and two touchdowns, then it's, yeah, your, your day's pretty much done because you know Purdy's going to get one or two through the air. And if you're talking about having to chase 28 points on this defense, you might be behind the eight ball. Because they can put up points on you quickly, real quickly. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670.
Uh, let's go to J.D. listening to us in Pembine, Wisconsin. J.D., how you doing, man? What's going on up there? Hey, Bill. I'm actually down in lower Michigan. I'm pulling my semi today, um, but I know you're uh, familiar with the Four Seasons yep. area up here, so love to have you back sometime. Um, we'll be back. There's, there, Man, there's been some really good points brought up in the calls uh, today. Kind of hard to consolidate all of my thoughts right this second, but um, – this being Matt LaFleur's uh, Waterloo, so to speak, like the caller mentioned earlier, boy, I couldn't agree anymore. Um, the, you know, the Packers have been the fire hydrant for the last five years, and the 49ers have been the dog. And, you know, if you're Matt LaFleur and you're trying to get this monkey off your back, there is really not a better game to do it than right now. And the reason, you know, that I, that I love all the kind of cautious optimism of what's going on with the Packers right now is um, a lot of the things that went wrong early in the season um, and, and even going into the late season um, have been cleaned up, and I'll be more specific. I, I took my son to his first Packer game this year. He's nine, and we went to the Buccaneers game, and it was the mm. absolute worst game to be at and watch. Right. Um, but I'll give, it, I'll give it up to my son. Even going into the last minute of the game, he was still cheering on, you know, the boys saying, show them what you're made of. And I was like, buddy, this is – this is over. This season's over. Like, if we're going to keep doing this, like, it's not looking good, man. And he just kept cheering on, kept cheering on. But um, let me go to a couple things to bring up to consolidate my point here. But um, early in the season, you know, against, you know, Denver, against the Raiders, against some of these teams, we absolutely killed ourselves with, you know, off, you know, offensive line penalties, false starts, uh, holdings, and critical critical areas, critical times of the game, uh, even going back to the Buccaneers game that we were at. Uh, I think we were getting close to midfield at the end of the first half, and it was like a third and six and took a delay a game penalty. And it's like, yeah. I feel like really ever since then, and I haven't been like a huge Matt LeFleur fan necessarily. I've not been a hater either, but I, I've wanted to see him prove himself. But So where I do want to give him credit, I feel like, is uh, his decisiveness – uh, has gone through the roof ever since their back really got up against the wall after the Buccaneers game because I feel like that's been a problem all year where we get down to these, you know, third and short, third and long, and it's like there's not a play call coming in, and he's trying to figure out what Love's capable. I feel like we know now, and mm-hmm. we are who we are. The defense has had its problems, you know, wh- whether or not we keep Joe Barry. What At this point, we are who we are, so we got we to gotta right. go fight with who we got. So Joe Barry or not, let's go. Let's go into San Francisco. There's absolutely no pressure. We weren't supposed to be there. You know, we already beat the dead horse with the house money analogy and everything. And that's, I mean, that's been said everywhere. But there's no reason we can't go do it. Uh, I'm not saying that it's the most probable, but there's no reason not to. And I just, right. I, 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 I absolutely love our chances. And either way, proud of the boys for the way they've turned things around. And proud of Lafleur. Uh, you know, it's, it's gotten pretty loud for him <laughs> and to his credit, he, he's, he's turned it around. Cause it was the things that were really ugly earlier this year. Like I mentioned the penalties and indecisiveness, indecisiveness, it's, it's really turned around and yeah. you kind of want to hear what you have to say about it. No, you're 100% correct. Appreciate the phone call and your assessment of Denver was probably spot on. That's when a lot of the guys, you, you, because we thought kind of looked at it and said, well, it was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was kind of the watershed game. Guys were sitting together in the back corner of the locker room, starting to talk, having their own kind of bull session. And then you come to find out, now nah, it was Denver. 
Denver was coming out of Denver was when guys started to say, "Hey, wait a minute, uh, this is this is not right." You started to see also the competition uh, and the movement on the offensive line. You started to see the shuffling in and out at the left tackle, the shuffling in and out of the offensive linemen, and I, I, it, it it was meant to create competition. And what it did was not only create competition, but I think it got everybody comfortable. And that's when everybody started to understand their job a little bit better. Maybe it started to sink in. And you, you're right. I mean, that's, that's a good take because that was, the, that was the point that was being made was that, oh, yeah, by the way, it was Denver when this team started to really kind of put it together. I agree with you. That game uh, against Tampa Bay, that was an absolute train wreck. <laughs> that was terrible. But for some of the things that had been ailing this team, uh, 100%, they started to really come on. And the uh, penalties, the pre-snap penalties specifically, have been all but eliminated, knock on wood, that they don't kind of rear their ugly, ugly head here this weekend. But, you know, uh, you know the, the inopportune holding penalties and the ugly, the uglier penalties of – you know, the pre-snap stuff and false starts and not getting the – taking a delay a game penalty. They've been so much better at that. So I I could not agree with you more, 100%. Uh, let's go to a Rob. Man, some great places. We had uh, Pembine. Now we're going up to Door County. Rob in Door County. Rob, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing good, Bill. I want to take you back to a call of mine from early in the year when uh, at the beginning of the season I referenced the wedding that – uh, Jordan Love had come up to for Dylan's wedding, and I culminated the call by saying that we were going to see an exuberance like a top college team by the end of the year, and mm -hmm. it was going to make all the difference in the world because we had a whole new attitude and character uh, that would be leading the team. And I think the course of the season has proved that right. I think Lafleur's comment that there's a different energy about the team. It's so much fun to come to work has just underscored that, and uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. I, when I put that call in back then, it was very controversial. You supported me, but I think we're seeing uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, it's, uh, it's an exuberance like a college team, and uh, thank you for taking my call. No, I appreciate it. Um, no, I agree. Anytime guys do stuff – now. Rodgers used to do stuff with Bakhtiari and his guys, right? He had his Cobb, obviously, Alan Lazard. Uh, that's always good because then they're all on the same page. But what you hear coming out of Green Bay is more and more of is this is a young team. They have girlfriends and some have wives and such. But they kind of do stuff together. You know, the offensive linemen go out. And you've heard from John Runyon who says, yeah, Jordan Love shows up. He comes and joins us. Love gets to, together at his house every now and then. They go and watch Monday Night Football, and the guys come over, and they have food, and, and they do that. Then they, the, the receivers have their own meetings and stay after, and, and Love joins them, and they, they talk, and they, they, they critique each other. It's kind of an open forum where it's like, look, nobody's here to rip anybody. We're just here to get better. And th there's, there's something to be said for that. I can't. I can't put my finger on it, but if you've ever been in any company that has team productivity, now you have to have your own. You got you know it's you got to do your job, but say you're a sales staff, and you know you do your thing, 
But if everybody gets to be- gather and you're collaborating and you're talking about good ways to do things or, you know, maybe I've, I've been selling it this way and another guy says or another girl says, hey, no, I've been closing them this way and using this verbiage and this has worked better. This has softened the blow, the, you know, um, you know, whatever it, it's when you're coming together, you're sharing ideas and everybody's trying to pull the rope in the same direction to get better and it's going to benefit everybody. I, there's nothing bad with that. And when guys can get away from the field and kind of enjoy each other and create a relationship to where they can be more open. And that was what you heard Brian Billick say yesterday on this show. Back at Super Bowl 35, right? He said when the guys got together, when Ray Lewis got together, when Ed Reed got together, when those guys got together defensively away from the field to talk about plans, it was an open forum. They became comfortable talking to one another about both the good and the bad. There's something to be said for that. And it's an immeasurable. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's an immeasurable. When we come back, Todd, you'll be first out of the shoot. Todd is in Tomahawk, which is where we're going to be tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Going to be up at the Loophole Bar with the watch party. Packers, 49ers. Tomorrow night we're going to be watching it from the Loophole Bar. County Road L in Tomahawk. And uh, come on from everywhere up in the Northwoods. We're, we're looking forward to it. Green and gold postgame show immediately following more of the Bill Mike. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Man, I'm excited. I'm geeked. I'm geeked. Today, get done. Start tearing the equipment down, getting it ready for tomorrow night's broadcast, packing it up. Can't wait, man. I can't wait. For two reasons. One, I, I've i never been to the loophole bar. I've heard a lot about it. And I wish I was going to be visiting it for my first time on a motorcycle because then it would mean it's warm. <laughs> so... Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. And then, obviously, uh, the 49ers and the Packers tomorrow night, I think. Uh, and cr- you know what? Uh, Grant, now, when you guys, when you when you and Rachel go watch a game and you guys go out, do you dress for it? Are you, like, dressed in Packers gear? I will wear, like, I have a Packers crew neck on today. I'll wear some Packers thing, but I'm I'm not normally the jersey guy. And okay. to be 100% accurate, like the last two weeks, two or three weeks, us watching the Packer game has been me on the couch and her falling asleep after a couple minutes. Yeah. She's she's a Vikings fan, but she's really like she likes to see me happy. She always tells me I care about the things that you care about, which is her very polite <laughs> way of saying I don't really care about the game, but I have no problem laying here and taking a nap while you while you watch. So who who is her team? Uh, the Vikings. Does she ha- oh, is it? OK, I was going to say, was it is it the Vikings? OK, yeah. Oh, boy, what a. She's got to jump on a bandwagon that's actually got trophies in the trophy case. She's she's she'll go to Bucks games because she's she's lived in Milwaukee yeah. now for a while, so she'll go to Bucks and Brewers games. But her family is a big Minnesota sports family. Okay, yeah. Well, they they should jump ship or at least keep Minnesota as a secondary and just jump over to to the Packers. So just an FYI. So yeah, I'm sitting here and I, I during the break, uh, you know, kind of packing a few things away and all that kind of stuff, and I had completely forgot about it uh, a year ago. Uh, was it a year ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. 
we were um, we, we were covering the Super Bowl, and it's funny. I just had gotten a text from Charles Woodson, so we always hope to get Charles on with us um, because he's usually out there doing a promotion, whether it's his wine company or his whiskey company. So we always get a chance to see him. And a couple of years ago, Charles said, hey, um, I got some jerseys because uh, he was going to give it uh, some jerseys for my, my charity for uh, Fisher House and my motorcycle ride. I said, okay, great. And he autographed two of them and gave us one. Well, I, the, the one he gave me, it won't fit me. So Kristen pulled it out of the closet, and it's not the autographed ones, obviously. She goes, this is old school, right? I said, yeah. And she said, I'm going to wear that tomorrow night. And now remember, Kristen is a Patriots fan. She, she grew up, uh, you know, in that area. Her dad to this day still has season tickets. Uh, her stepmom, uh, her stepmom's brother is the one that helped develop uh, Gillette Stadium and did a lot with Robert Kraft in getting Gillette Stadium built. And, I mean – her dad and stepmom, I think they're like 10 rows up on the 45-yard line right behind the bench. I mean, they, they're that kind of fans. So she, she's always been hardcore. But she has, with my enthusiasm, gotten into it. So she came to me and she goes, do you care if I wear this? I'm like, no, old school, baby. Old school Woodson jersey? Hell yeah, I'm in on that. So she's right. I don't usually wear this stuff just because being in the media, we always have that standard, so to speak. But uh, – but I do wear the the Packers pullover every now and then. I like that. It's kind of a military theme, so I really like it. But yeah, she's she's got the she's got the Woodson jersey out, man. As long as you're so, not cheering in the press box, I know that is a yeah, it's taboo. No, no, we don't do that. That is a no, no. The, the press box is a church. Um, back when Favre played, you used to get outbursts every now and then with Rodgers too, um, where you, they would just make these incredible plays. Like, wow, you just you couldn't believe it. But Favre was his elusiveness, his toughness. I can't tell you how many times you just – from everybody, from the visiting you know media as well, where you just get, oh, my God, you know, where you never get – I mean, there would be people that would just clap like, oh, my God, what an incredible play. Just, you know, you just had to have that exuberance. It wasn't necessarily cheering. It was just applauding the play. That's about all you get. Uh, otherwise, you can hear a pin drop in a press box. It is everybody doing their work, everybody with their head down, everybody with their binoculars out, watching a game, making their notes, and that's what a press box is. So I don't, uh, I don't usually dress the part too much, but uh, but yeah, she's so for the watch party, she pulled out the Woodson jersey. So I said, hey, you got to go old school Super Bowl. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's that or Bart Starr, one of the two, or a Favre jersey, I guess, if you wanted to, but do that. So that's that's what she grabbed. So. Looking forward to tomorrow night, even more so now. Uh, we've got Bill Huber uh, of SI coming up here after the bottom of the hour. Uh, let's go to Todd listening to us up in the neck of the woods that we are going to be tomorrow night. Uh, Todd and Tomahawk. Todd, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, hey good, good. You're going to enjoy the loophole. Good food, good atmosphere. Uh, you know, one of our newer bars. Uh, so you're really going to enjoy that. We're, we're going to welcome you with open arms, of course. So Can't uh, wait. You know, I really think... Yeah, I bet. You know, and I really think the key to this game is, you know, continued high level of play. I think that, you know, we've got to give the 49ers different looks on both defense and offense that they haven't really seen. And I think the other key to this game is our defense, you know, stepping up with some takeaways and possibly some scores. And I think if our defense can score, we might have a good chance of winning this game. But I'd also like to see you know, a two tight end set like we used to run in 96, right? You know, and I get your thoughts on that. Now that we have two good t- tight ends again, love to see Matt LaFleur 
break that out. You know, it's probably it could happen on numerous plays, as a matter of fact, only for the fact that you've got two defensive ends in Bosa and company that can get after it, and you've got pressure that can be up the gut as well. So if, if say, the, the, the offensive line doesn't necessarily hold up, you could see two tight end sets. Tucker Graft is your blocker, and Luke Musgrave is your pass catcher more so than anything. But, yeah, I mean, and plus, plus both guys, really, you don't knock Tucker Kraft because he really emerged when Musgrave went down with the injury as a pass catcher as well. You could see both guys out there. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Chip blocking, yeah. giving a little bit of elbow shiver and then taking off down the field and then crisscrossing patterns or what have you to kind of pull those linebackers out and finding the middle of the field. Hell, yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I could see that happening, no yeah, doubt, and, man. And, yeah, and especially if they're playing zone, you know, there's going to be some soft spots in there for some, you know, for minimal yardage, but you might have five, six, seven yards in there. You keep chipping away down the field and burning clock, you know? Yeah. I think that, uh, that gives us some other opportunities. I agree. I agree, man. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody up there in Tomahawk coming up tomorrow night. Cannot wait. Can't wait. Looking forward to seeing the loophole for the first time, too. Coming up next, Bill Huber, Sports Illustrated. He's going to be joining us. Stay right where you're at. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels show. We uh, continue on. Great day today. Excited for the weekend. Excited for tomorrow. Packers taking on the 49ers out in Santa Clara, California at Levi's Stadium. Our own Mike Clemens is going to be there. We got the Green and Gold postgame show immediately following. Immediately following. And the guy that has asked, I've applauded numerous times on this program, that has asked some of the best questions uh, of all is our guy, Bill Huber, who is standing by. Bill, how you doing, pal? I'm great. How about you, Bill? I am. Uh, I'm doing good. I uh, I have applauded you numerous times because you've asked a lot of tough questions that some people just don't like to ask, and you've even gone after certain things. And uh, I don't know if you know that, but uh, I've thrown it out there a couple of times when I've said, "Bill Huber, kudos to you for asking the tough question." <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I, you know, they're all, they're all big boys. They can handle it. You know. Well, you're the one that asks them, though. I give you credit because you ask you you ask the stuff that is rolling around in my head, and when I'm going off and being a mental case on this program, you're the guy that asked that question. So I love that. So let's getting into the brass tacks of all of this. How much do you look at this game? Because this is completely different than what that Dallas game was. Um, That Dallas, there's a lot of things that Dallas doesn't do well that the Packers did do well. Whereas San Francisco, they don't have a lot of holes, hardly at all. So, give me your thoughts on all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard one. Um, you know, a couple of things I think work in Green Bay's favor is, is you know, the whole rest versus rust thing for San Fran. You know, Brock Purdy hasn't played a game in three weeks, so is that gonna factor? Um, maybe not, right? But you know, maybe. And the 49ers' run defense is it's fine, right? It's it's not it's not the same juggernaut run defense that made life miserable for him, you know, up, up here at Lambeau a couple of years ago and in San Fran in 19. So I do think there are opportunities to run the ball. And if you can run the ball, then it opens up the same stuff that's worked here for the last several weeks with the play action stuff. So I do think there's a pathway to winning, but yeah, it is a much bigger challenge to your point. Give me your thoughts on the way Jordan Love has performed down the stretch. Uh, brilliantly. Aaron Rodgers-esque. Um, I don't, you can, 
come up with a cliche, it's impossible to find anything wrong with it. I mean, 21 touchdowns versus one interception, that, that really is Rodgers' kind of stuff. He's made practically every big play. I mean, he's missed some passes, but, you know, they all do. You, you, you can't fault him. And I, I know LaFleur's talked about that play a few times where he loved to the touchdown to Wicks to make it 20 to nothing. It was, it was as I wrote, a quarterbacking masterclass of a guy using his cadence to figure out that they're blitzing, to know exactly the protection to get into that blitz, trusting the protection to hold up, trusting that the guy's going to get open, and then delivering a perfect throw. It was everything you could ever want in a quarterback on one play. So, yeah, it's, he's, been, he's been magnificent. Has it been more Jordan Love's on point or the fact that the run game has opened up his ability to, to, to really, you know, kind of execute downfield? Because when, when Aaron Jones came back fully healthy, it seemed like that's when yeah. the train got on the tracks and it started just moving forward and fast. Yeah, no question about that. You know, he's, he's been a really good play-action quarterback all year. Um, but the, you know, if you look, you know, by, by, by um, completion percentage and stuff, but if you look at yards per attempt, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I said wrote it last week. I want to say his yards per attempt went from like 8 to 10 or something like that on play-action. So the completions have been there, and they've always been there. He's made those. But the big play explosion, explosion plays off of play-action is really what's picked up. And I know there will be some – Menses out there who say, well, you don't need to run the ball to have play action. That's, that's nonsense. And Aaron Jones is, is the perfect case in point because it has just exploded um, right along with him. The, uh, the defense has performed really, really well. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, who are these guys going all the way back to when you were <laughs> questioning Matt LaFleur saying, you know, when he said, I'm looking for solutions. And the next question is, well, why wouldn't you fire Joe Barry at this point? Joe Barry seemingly has turned it around. Now, whether it's Joe Barry or somebody else, whatever's going on, I've seen more stunts. I've seen more blitzes. I've seen more man coverage. I've seen different things as of late than we saw all season long. What happened? Was it just the fact that, it, you know, Matt LaFleur said, hey, if we're going to go down, go down swinging? Yeah, there probably is some of that to it, I would think. Um, you know, the players just say it was communication, um, I, which is what they said when they were destroyed at Carolina. They, they said it was communication problems, communication problems, um, and – now that things seem to be on the right track, that's kind of what they've said as well. Is they're they're communicating, they're over communicating. Everybody's on the same page. Um, we'll see if that communication holds up. You know, when the Christian McCaffrey gets rolling, which we mean he's going to, right? I mean, it's Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah, I don't know that there's anything magical to it. Other than guys are just playing better. The uh, well, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. I've said all along, I don't think you're going to stop him, him or Debo Samuel. But if you can keep him into about a hundred yards and not la- allow him to dent the end zone numerous times, that's not a bad day at the office, all in all, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the big one, right? You, you've got to stop or, or limit him, and it's you know it's no different than Sam Fran with Jones, right? It's, it's the same exact same story. You, you've got to limit him. You've got to make it third and six rather than third and three, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's just so good. I mean, he's he he's got enough breakaway speed. He breaks a million tackles. He catches the ball. He is as complete a running back as we've seen in a long time, though. Um, it's amazing going from San Fran. I mean, he, he was always hurt in Carolina until he's always helped in San Francisco. To that. It, is a, it is a rather ran, remarkable transformation there. Then there's Brock Purdy, and, uh, you know, I've defended Brock Purdy because most people don't give him credit for what he's done because of the talent around him. It's always kind of chicken or egg. And I said, look, it didn't work for Trey Lance. It didn't really work this way for Jimmy Garoppolo. This guy has something special, whether it's just the fact that he's an incredible system quarterback and he gets what Mike Shanahan is, or Kyle Shanahan is selling, 
or he is that good. If you look at his numbers, he could have been right there short of that three-game span in the middle of the season. He could have been in the MVP conversation. So give me your thoughts on Brock Purdy. He's terrific, right? He's, again, I, I, I think he'll just forever be dinged because he was a seventh-round draft pick, right? And because you're a mm-hmm. seventh-round draft pick, therefore there was something wrong with you. Um, and, you know, there, there's probably a little bit to it, um, but no different than we've seen here with Jordan Love. The, the quarterback's job is to complete passes. It's the quarterback's job is to get the right protections, right blocking adjustments. It's to get the ball to the right guy on time so he can make something happen. And the numbers are just stupid. I mean, he's, his yards per attempt is the second best in the Super Bowl era, I think, or, or since 2001 or the other. Um, it's, it's absurd. Um, he had a bunch of interceptions against Baltimore. Otherwise, he's, even still, he's number one in passer rating. He's number one in yards per attempt. He's number one in play action. He, he's number one versus pressure. I mean, he's just number one on this, that, and everything else. Um, yeah, it certainly helps have McCaffrey and Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk for sure, but um, they weren't quite this good with those other guys running the show. Talking with Bill Huber, at Bill Huber NFL over on X. You can find his stuff there. Uh, who's got to be, be kind of like that factor for the defense? I mean, I, you know, everybody talks about Rashawn Gary, but to me, I think uh, as much as you want to see Rashawn Gary crash the edge and maybe get to the quarterback, he also has to set the edge, which is something that he hasn't yeah. done consistently throughout the season. And, you know, as Mike Clemens has stated, he's not really talking a whole lot. I mean, is there something going on there that we don't know about? Just in a slump. You know, they always say that sacks come in bunches, and I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's pressing or what. I mean, I don't, I can't say that he studied him a whole bunch against Dallas, but it didn't strike me that he's getting doubled a whole bunch. You know, maybe I just was looking at the wrong time. Um, he's got to get, he's got to play better, right? And I'm sure he would say the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I would say him and Preston have to set the edge, and Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell have to make tackles. Pretty, I don't, I don't want to say simple. It's a simple formula. Sim- executing it's a lot more difficult. But it's a rather simple formula. You, you 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 can't let those guys. In that wide zone scheme, let McCaffrey get outside again and again and again. They've got to keep him penned up and let everybody else get to him. You you mentioned Devontae, uh, or you mentioned Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. Talk about Devontae Wyatt, though. If you just isolate on him, like over the last five or six games, well, you talk about a guy that's grown up real fast, and all of a sudden yeah. he's gotten pressure and become a beast. I mean, there's that's. But we talk about Kenny Clark all the time being this you know upfront lineman X factor, but Devontae Wyatt has really emerged for people that don't pay attention. Yeah, especially in pass rushing, pass rushing situations. He I mean he's right up there as far, you know, the pass rush numbers, pass rush win. I can't pass rush is a hard word for me to say. <laughs> on win rate, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have like a. I mean, the guy's missed a million tackles. I mean, that that is would I'd be the one knock I'd have on him. And if, if he if he had tackled better, he'd be up. Shoot, he might be around ten sacks by now. Um, but this is a big game, right? He's going to have to be. Not, I mean, he's just so athletic, but he's going to have to be at his physical best. Him and Slayton and Clark, and obviously Brooks and Wooden off the bench, too, are going to have to be super physical against that line so they don't get blown off the ball, which we've seen this Packers defense do historically against the Niners. Obviously, it's a different group, so that's kind of an irrelevant comparison, but they're going to have to be up to the task on, on Saturday night. We all talk about the Packers playing with house money, and they, they weren't supposed to be here, and on and on and on. But I look at it as, look, I agree with that. The young guys in the locker room, they don't know any better, most of them. So they're just out there letting it all hang out, and they're having fun, and there's camaraderie and the whole thing. The guy that has pressure on him, though, is Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur has been got uh, the last three times he has faced off against uh, Kyle Shanahan. 
And granted that last time they faced off in the postseason, it was an ugly game for the special teams. The offense completely succumbed to the pressure. They had some injuries. They had a turnover. Give me your thoughts. How much pressure is on Matt LaFleur in this game, even though he's carrying a team with house money? But, you know, this would make him 0-4 against Shanahan if he doesn't get this one. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, a, it's an interesting point. Um, but it is house money. I don't think anybody in the world expects a first-year starting quarterback and all these young receivers and stuff to go beat the mighty 49ers. Look, the Packers aren't supposed to be here. The 49ers are supposed to win the Super Bowl. So I think the expectations are so far different um, that I don't, I don't know there's pressure on anybody, honestly. I see your point for sure. And, and going yeah. to 0-4 or losing another playoff game against Shanahan would be a bad look. But um, for him to help get this passing game to where it's at to where you look at the future – I think, my gosh, who's going to stop these guys next year? Um, I think this has been a a resounding victory in 2023 for the coach. Uh, how big of a contract do you think Jordan Love gets after the month of May? <laughs> gosh, right? I mean, it's always been Daniel Jones has been the comparison. Well, shoot, that's, that's not going to happen. Daniel Jones is um, on the hot seat. Jordan Love's not. I mean, 50, 50 million a year. Is that probably what you're looking at? Boy, that's a lot of money. It is. It's it is. It's preposterous money, but that's a quarterback. I mean, if Daniel Jones gets forty, I mean, there's no way if you're his agent, you're going to settle for anything even in that vicinity area. I mean, why would you? This guy is the answer. Daniel Jones is not. And, and you know how contracts work. It's you know the, the next contract is always the big one, and it's not always you know the meritocracy of the best guy gets the best, and the second guy. No, it's always it's always the reestablishing of the bar. Yeah, it's going to be a monster for sure, and probably for good reason. Could you say that, you know, one year does not a career make, so take a little bit less and then still on a shorter-term deal and have more time to prove yourself, or do you think that's not even going to be an option? That's an interesting point. Um, obviously, you get the franchise tag to buy you at least a year here. Um, if you're the Packers, do you want to screw with it, though? Do you want to flirt with disaster? Yeah. Um, you know, you're probably better off just signing them for $50 million a year now rather than $60 million in two years, aren't you? I don't know. It's a good point. The finances yeah. are tricky. You finally get off a Rodgers contract only to get a gigantic quarterback contract. It's not. Right. I mean, it's the alternative, but it's not exactly ideal either. Yeah. Bill, great stuff as always, bud. We appreciate it. We'll get you back on soon. And uh, if we're talking about the Packers getting a win or moving forward, we will touch base again, okay? All right, take care, Bill. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, pal. He drops off, and uh, good stuff from our buddy Bill Huber. You can read his stuff over there at Bill Huber NFL, at Bill Huber NFL over on X. Uh, Read that stuff over there in uh, SI as well. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a whole lot more to get to. Hey, our friends over there at Great Lakes Dragaway, and they say, hey, if you got the need for speed, 2024 is here. The season passes are on sale. And we know at some point the weather's going to get warmer and you're going to want to run, whether it's yourself and some of the vehicles you have, a motorcycle, or maybe you want to go down there and just see all the high horsepower action that they have at Great Lakes Dragway, the oldest continuously operating track in the world in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Season passes on sale right now. Call them 262-302-2138. That is GreatLakesDragway.com. That's GreatLakesDragway.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you back. It's Friday, man. I am excited. Hey, uh, we're going to get a call right after the top of the hour. Mike Clemens going to join us. Mike is uh, winging his way to um, to San Fran as we speak out to Santa Clara, and he's stuck in a layover. So Mike said, hey, I'll give you a shout. So we got uh, Mike Clemens coming up. Mike Clemens coming up here in a little bit, and uh, then we got a whole bunch, whole bunch of stuff from um, – Inside the Packers locker room, then we're going to have you coming up here a little bit. So that's going to be happening as well. Um, you got a lot of different people. Uh, this is from Travis. Travis says, uh, my flight is Sunday, so I'm still going to get to Hawaii, so I don't have to worry about Remember, he was the guy that said, uh, should I stay home or should I uh, fly to Hawaii uh, if you had to watch the, uh, the, the playoff game tomorrow? And he said, whew, my flight is now Sunday, so I'm still going to get to Hawaii. No need to fake being sick. Ha ha. Game predictions, 35-28. Go Pack Go. Uh, do you think uh, Bill Belichick gets hired in Atlanta? And do you think when he gets uh, his first press conference, he says, let's finish what you started at the Super Bowl a few years ago, 28-3. Uh, to Let's go uh, get a trophy. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Bill is just in it to get his wins, and then eventually he's going to bow out. But along the way, if he gets his wins, that means the franchise gets the wins, and maybe you get the opportunity to go deep. But they got to find themselves a legit quarterback down there. He said, also, congrats on becoming a TV show. I'm sure it's going to be great, uh, but Grant uh, going to have stage fright. <laughs> Grant, you going to have stage fright? I would not assume so. Bill, if I wasn't up for television, then I'm not suited to be the executive producer of the Bill Michaels show. How does that sound? So I'll, there you go. I'll have to raise my level. I need to prove my, my worth at the Super Bowl. There you go. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Tom says, to me, we are facing a mirror image in terms of offensive game plan. The key difference for me is San Francisco has a lot more talent and more time actually running this offense. The difference needs to come with uh, the defense from takeaways and tackling the ball carrier. It's got to be fundamental for the Green Bay Packers. If the defense plays like they did at Lambeau a few years back against San Francisco, no mistakes on special teams, and the offense executes, they've got a legit shot. That's from our buddy T-Dub listening to us in Tulsa. And that's that you're, that you're pretty much on, T-Dub. I, I'd agree with that. They play fundamentally sound football, and the defense wasn't the reason. You're right. The defense wasn't the reason they lost that game. 100% agree. It was the offense and special teams. And if the offense executes and the special teams just do their thing and we don't have missed field goals and missed PATs and all that kind of stuff that ultimately cost you, then, yeah, they can uh, – they, they, I think they have at least better than a puncher's chance at winning this contest. That I would agree with. Uh, our buddy Steve said, happy Friday. First of all, how bad is the weather supposed to be tomorrow in San Francisco? Uh, and we uh, checked on it. It is, and our caller from earlier is correct. It is supposed to rain off and on in the morning and then more steady and heavier rain starting at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which is, what, 6, 7 o'clock our time. It's about game time. And then it's supposed to be pretty heavy throughout the afternoon and into the evening. So it, it could end up being a torrential swamp. Regarding the weather, Bill, there's yeah. a there's one angle we haven't hit with this game with the quarterbacks yet, and at some point in this final hour, I I have some evidence I want to present to you that might make All you right. feel a little bit better about the Packers winning. I and like that. Has to do with the rain, so more I will like be revealed. Um, he said, "My four uh, my four keys to the Packers getting a win: uh, win the line of scrimmage on both sides, establish the run game, and contain the 49ers, uh, McCaffrey and Samuel. Uh, win the turnover battle." 
Nothing needs uh, to be said more there. A win the field position battle, keep the pressure on the 49ers in their own territory, and play discipline, smart football, concentrate. Packers can win this, but it's going to be close. He's got Packers winning at 26-24. That's our buddy Steve in Richfield. Up next, Mike Clemens. He's going to join us. He's going to join us from wherever his layover is. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. 